grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're focusing on that second lesson today, coming from the first letter of Paul to uh, the Thessalonians. Actually Paul writes it uh, together with some others. He mentions it right at the start. There were three of them writing to Thessalonians and they talk. Uh, I could, could do my hand things here and you have to get them right. There were three of them writing and there are three points to remember. <laughs> Faith, hope and love. Yeah, it's three, not five. <laughs> okay, but uh, the first thing that I thought about when I was looking at this letter to the Thessalonians was my thoughts went to this story from Papua New Guinea and the story comes exactly from a place that I spent a lot of my life and that's at Ogilvy. And in the picture there's Felix Döring and Hermann Strauss and local Hagen um, believers soon after the war, soon after World War II. And the, st uh, the story of all this is that um, overseas missionaries together with the Papua New Guinea coastal missionary evangelists went to the Hagen area towards the end of 1934. And they, at Ogilbang, it was November the 22nd, 1934 at Ogilbang, and there was Raipinka, and there was Ega, and there was mm, Kerawagi came about then. All the, these sort of places known to uh, some of us. But Ogilbang is, is this place and this picture. And um, they set up, uh, of course they had to learn the language. Uh, Strauss was not there yet in 1934, or Felix during they went after the war. But they set up a school and uh, of course they had to learn the language and they started teaching people the gospel, the good news, in their own language, of course. And then the war came and everyone had to disappear then except the local people. So the overseas uh, missionaries together with all those coastal missionary evangelists fled out of the area. And the war went on, the war was finished. And then uh, came the, wondered what was going on after the war. Uh, Felix During wrote about it and uh, Strauss came to work there. And John Kuda, who became the first bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Papua New Guinea, went up for a look around. And what Felix wrote and John Kuda said was, there was utter devastation, there was a lot of bombing around that area and there's a there's a village today with a big Lutheran church there called Bomrui, <laughs> which is named after all that bombing happening around the area. Um, and John Kuda came, saw all of this, and the local people presented John Kuda with a rope. And on that rope were 19 knots. And those 19 knots represented... 19 churches and houses of prayer that had worshipping continuing through the war by those students <laughs> who had been schooled in the gospel for those few years before the war came. So there were 19 churches built or prayer houses. House prayer, we call it house prayer. And they gave John Kuda another rope with 22 knots on. And do you know what that was? 
this was that there were 22 more churches or, and or prayer houses that had been built, but there was no one to preach the gospel there. So there were people gathering and wanting to hear it, but there, weren't, there, was, there was a lack of people because of the war. Okay? So despite this devastation that had happened, there was tremendous growth and spiritual growth that went on and continued on despite all of that happening. Well, that brings me to the backstory of First Thessalonians. Paul and Silas went there and after a short time, telling the good news about Jesus, some people came to believe in Jesus and formed the first church community in that city of Thessalonica. And... Uh, However, trouble was brewing because Paul's announcement that Jesus was the Lord uh, caused controversy to the local, their neighbours, their friends, their family. And And Paul was accused of defying Caesar, the Roman emperor. And uh, there was a lot of suspicion about him and his message and it led to quite a great persecution. It was so intense that Paul and Silas actually had to flee the city. As much as it upset Paul and Silas, because they had just started the work. And they had started to form relationships with the people there. Um, This letter of 1 Thessalonians is Paul's attempt to reconnect with the Christians after he got a report from Timothy, who went to Thessalonica, came back and said, they're doing more than okay, the Thessalonians. They were flourishing despite their persecution. I thought that was quite similar to this report here. You would expect, oh, maybe it's all died out and nothing is happening. And uh, Paul got this message, they're flourishing in the faith. And so he wrote this letter to them. And Paul gives thanks to them and celebrates their faith, their love and their hope. Those three things, faith, love, and hope. And the way Paul talks about these, he doesn't talk about them as kind of um, um, intellectual concepts or theoretical abstracts. He says, actually, he talks about your work produced by faith. Okay, so the faith hasn't been just something that they filed in the head here, but it produced work. Sorry, here it is. Your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. So love just didn't stay here. It did something. And your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So hope inspired this endurance. So the first one we're going to look at, your work produced by faith. And it reminded me actually of James. James Letter who, who said, what, it, what good is it? my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. And he went on to say, uh, I'll fill in some of those dots, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food and if anyone says, oh, I hope you feel warm and good (laughs) and you don't do anything, well, what good is that? Um, James said, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith By my deeds, James said. So you'll see the faith 
by the action of the person. Now, of course, we see faith as something that God gives us and something that God works in us. Martin Luther said that, of course. Faith is God's work in us. It changes us, gives us new birth from God, kills the old Adam and makes us different people. It changes our hearts, our spirits, our thoughts and it brings the Holy Spirit. And Luther went on to say, yes, it is a living, creative, active and powerful thing, this faith. And dot, 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 he went on to say things like, um, faith doesn't sit around waiting for someone to tell you to do something. It just goes ahead and does it. So faith, given to us by God, worked into us by God, uh, sort of engenders a kind of power in our life that does things and so that people can see our faith. It doesn't stay inside. It's energized. It's energizing God's work in us so that it becomes outwardly focused. So we have people driven by faith in Christ with their actions springing from that faith. And then we have, Paul said, your labor prompted by love, which reminded me of 1 John 3, 17-18. If anyone has material possessions, sees his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So once again, it's not something, uh, the love of God is, is in me and that stays there. It's something that spills out in our actions. Um, there's a story, uh, it seems to be World War stories today, story from Newman, a veteran of World War I, tells of his stay in the home of a Bulgarian peasant. And there was the daughter in that home and she was just sewing away, all the time she was sewing, I guess, on a treadle thing. Sewing away, sewing away, and Newman, staying it out, said, what is it with this eternal sewing? He says to this woman. And she said, uh, he said, can't you stop that eternal sewing? Don't you get sick of that eternal sewing? And she said, no, I'm sewing my wedding dress. So, of course, it was a labor of love. She loved to do it. No one was saying, do it. And she was saying, I hate doing this. I have to do it. But that's something she wanted to do. It was her own wedding and her wedding dress. That's love produces that sort of labor. So it's not hard, hard to do. It was your one to do it and love to do it. And we have that song we might sing later, where love comes to life. Huh? We sing that song, God is perfect in love, breathing his life in us, sustaining life by a word calling us to love his world. Lord, increase our faith. Make us a place where love comes to life. Huh? Where love comes to life. Jesus' church in the world. Wherever we are, showing that love of God in the life. We want to be a place where love comes to life. We want to be people where love comes to life. We believe that God's love is for everyone, everywhere, and we want to show his love to others around us. And the hope, endurance insured by hope, the third point, Paul writes of endurance inspired by hope, 
Paul was inspired by and thankful for the Thessalonians' endurance, their steadfast endurance in tough times. He said, yes, the gospel came with power and the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. It shows that it wasn't uh, sort of Paul's marvelous preaching necessarily. It was the Lord's work happening there. But also, it wasn't necessarily a miracle crusade happening there because Paul goes on to say that accepting the good news had brought trouble on them. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. What must have those first century Thessalonian Christians endured? Disowned by family and friends, maybe job and business opportunities diminished. The notion that becoming a Christian is the end of all your problems is not really the case. In one sense, for the Thessalonians, becoming Christians was the start of their problems. Rejected by family and friends. Uncomfortable. Difficult. But, the, but Paul says that it brought them a joy given them by, a, by the Holy Spirit. And joy in suffering can be a powerful witness. And this letter that Paul writes to the Thessalonians, they'd only been Christians for a while, not very long. But the news of their faith, their love, their endurance in suffering, it had reverberated all over Greece, current day Greece, the areas that Paul mentions in the letter. Once again, we get the indication that this was something that people saw by the life of those people was demonstrated by their uh, lifestyle and it was so powerful, the good news in word and deed that the Thessalonians showed that Paul says, we don't have to say anymore <laughs> because they can see it in your life. <laughs> well, over the past two years, the Cairns Christian Ministers Network has held the uh, mayor's lunch and we invite the mayor the man, his wife, and all the councillors, and most of them come. And uh, we do a few things in that, including pray for them. And we, we want to present to them what the churches are doing in the community in Cairns. So we are asked to uh, send in pictures. I'm asked to. I've sent in pictures, okay? What are the pictures of faith, love, and hope from Trinity Lutheran? congregation that are seen out there in the community? That's a question you have to think of because I have to think of it when they ask me for photos. <laughs> think of you. What sort of picture could you take of your faith, your love, your hope that would show to the community your faith, your hope and love, love and hope? What are those pictures? So that next year I'll ask for them from you. That, that can be seen. And it's interesting that our lesson today, Paul ends by saying, serve the true and living God, waiting for the coming of God's Son from heaven. But obviously he's written this and he's not advocating for us to be couch potatoes. Christian couch potatoes just waiting for the end to come, not doing anything, just marking out time. No, 
we live for the Lord in faith, love and hope, which are not just in words but in actions. That's how waiting is done. Like uh, attributed to Luther, but uh, no one can find where he said it. What if the world was going to end tomorrow? What would you do? And what did Luther say? So called attribution to him. Does anyone know? Plant a tree. Plant an apple tree. <laughs> so do something. Don't hang around doing nothing. Um, what will be your picture of Christian faith, love and hope to your community and your neighbours this week? Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.